Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. How you guys doing? How are you doing? Today is Monday, the 10th of May. I am so thankful that you guys have joined me today. Today is Mailbox Monday and as usual, my cup overflows. Lots of questions to get to. Let's do it. So thank you to everybody who came out to hear me speak at Teach Them Diligently and to just sit in and listen. There's a lot of people there this weekend who really have come with just open hearts and have been through a lot this year. And every time I travel, I am humbled and thankful. And I just wanted to tell you guys, we really appreciate it. The Bible teaches us that wisdom is found in the counsel of many. And so as I sort of jump into Mailbox Monday, I think that's a really good place for us to start, right? Just to remember that of our of our own accord, we're going to have a hard time. The Bible says in Proverbs 2, 6, that the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. We need understanding. We need it more than we've ever needed it. Proverbs 16 says, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. Can you guys, I mean, we need that right now. We need it because of the Rona. We need it because of our elections. We need it because of the way that we are struggling in our churches right now. And I'm going to encourage you back to a place of wisdom today as we talk about what's happening in the culture. Proverbs 19 verse 8 says, the one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. And one of the very first questions that I got asked when I was in Alabama was, you know, went to the issue of the mask mandate and why I was so dead set against it. And you guys have heard me talk about this ad nauseum on here, so I'm not going to belabor the point today, but I will not participate in a lie. We are told to not bear false witness. And I do not see the science or the facts to back up what's happening in the world around us. We are, we're, we're called to be thinking critically, right? First Corinthians 3.18 says, don't deceive yourselves. If any of you think you're wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. We are called to do our due diligence, to do homework, to institute in our families and in our lives critical thinking. It's something that's very, very lacking in the culture today. And I want to say, you know, before I jump into your questions that I am, every time I open, you know, the form here at the podcast and I see hundreds and hundreds of questions in there, I am humbled beyond words that you guys would bring those questions to me and we pray over them. And we, you know, we, we try to decide every week, which are the questions that we're supposed to be answering and which ones do we not you know, share on the show. And it's very humbling. And I want to thank you guys for doing it. Thank you also for leaving reviews for the show over at iTunes where we read those all the time. And again, it's just a humbling place for me to be, to realize that there are thousands of you. And I, I think because I had my whole season gone last year, I mean, hello, uh, my entire speaking season was just yanked out from under me. I think I appreciate it a lot more now. I mean, I liked it before, but I really, really appreciate it now. And for those of you who come up and say that you listen to the podcast, I can't even tell you how much it encourages me and my husband and my sister Haley, who got to come with me. And I know a lot of you thought she was me. That happens a lot. (laughs) So uh, it was fun for us to travel together. But thank you for investing in this ministry. Thank you for giving to it. Uh, If you would like to become a partner, if you guys are interested in what we're doing here, if it's an encouragement to you, if you feel like this is helpful to you and helpful to other people, 
one of the most tangible ways that you can help us continue to keep this on the air is just to simply join us in the financial support of the podcast. And you can do that really easily. I'll link back to how you can do it in the show notes today. But just want to say your support of this ministry in every way, the letters that you send, the financial support, it does not go unnoticed. We are noticing it and we're very, very thankful. So thank you guys for that. I want to get right to your questions today. There's a bunch of them and I don't know how far I will get, but let's give it a shot. Leanna from Washington said, Heidi, we are a new homeschool family. Thank you, COVID. Mm -hmm. See, Leanna, you know what? I told you. I think the one silver lining, lining of the Rona is all the parents who are homeschooling their kids. Our children are seven, five, three, and 10 months. We spend a lot of time playing and building the love of learning and wonder in our kids. I love that, Leanna. With the possibility of schools reopening, we've decided we will probably keep the kids out of public school going forward. I need some backup and resources and reasons to share with skeptical family members who do not yet believe that homeschooling is the right choice for our family. All right, Leanna, a couple of things I want to say to you right off the top. When my husband and I decided 20 some odd years ago to homeschool our kids, uh, no one in our family was very supportive. You know, they all thought, why would you do that with your life? You're going to go crazy. You, you, you know, you don't have a teacher certificate. You know, your kids need, quote, socialization. And we got a fair amount of pretty harsh criticism, I think. Even I would say some that was hurtful. And we got made fun of. We kind of, you know, we became the butt of, you know, jokes. And it wasn't like super mean jokes, but it was the kind that makes you like, did they, did they mean to say that? They say that out loud. You know, it's kind of stuff where you, you scratch your head and you go, Okay, you know, I think they're maybe talking about us behind our back, like that kind of a thing. Guess what, Leanna? Nobody's doing that anymore. Nobody ever comes up to somebody who plants a brand new apple tree and says, I want to see the fruit on that tree because they know instinctively that fruit takes time to grow. And the same thing is true with you and your homeschooling. And I'm just going to encourage you, don't feel like you have to give answers to people. I mean, I will. I'm going to link in back to this in the show notes today. Some wonderful resources from the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, some fantastic surveys that have been done. The data is there. The data supports homeschooling. Homeschooling kids blow their public school kids out of the water in terms of standardized testing and things like that. But you don't need to, I, I just, I always feel like I want to just tell parents, don't, you don't need to explain yourself. Like it's, it's actually pointless and the fruit will show over time. Fruit takes time to grow. And so I don't want you to feel like you have to explain yourself, prove yourself. You don't need to show any of your family members, all the schoolwork that your kids are doing, you know, when they come over for Thanksgiving, assuming that they do come over that is for Thanksgiving. I, I just think, love your kids, let them know that, that you are homeschooling them because this is what God asked you to do and how much you love spending time with them. And I'm telling you what, the fruit will bear out over time. So Leanna, I will link back to some some of those links in the show notes today. But again, I'm just going to encourage you, don't feel like you have to give you know an answer to anybody. You answer to the Lord and to your children. And I promise you, this thing is going to show itself. All right. Rita from Wisconsin writes in, hi, Heidi, I listened to you for the first time. What is it that causes you to not be a fan of the Gospel Coalition? I heard you say that you are not a fan. All right, so I have, I've I've talked about this before, Rita, so I'm not going to spend a bunch of time on it today. There have been some things particularly said by Tim Keller. I do not like that the Gospel Coalition has gotten behind the statement on science in pandemic times. I did an entire podcast on that. As far as I'm concerned, it's spiritual and emotional manipulation. 
I've been watching them go woke now for a couple of years and it concerns me. Are there things that they crank out that are really good? Absolutely. Am I willing to just throw them out with the bathwater? No. But if you're going to follow the gospel coalition and be a hardcore fan, I would, I would strongly caution you that there are a lot of things coming out of there right now that are more woke then they are wise. And I think that is a problem. All right. Amy from Spokane said, my junior son is wanting to homeschool and go part-time to a trade school or skill center. Where do I ensure he has Washington state requirement for a diploma? All right. So Amy, these are really common questions that we're getting about homeschooling right now. If you're his mom homeschooling him, you are the one that gives him the diploma. Your diploma carries with it the weight of any other high school diploma anywhere in Washington state. So keep track of the classes that he's taking, write them down, write down the grades he is getting. In fact, there's some wonderful transcript generators. I'll try to link back to one of them in the show notes today. My daughter, my fifth daughter is graduating from our homeschool here in just a little bit. And I've been working with her and with her sister who is a Uh, sophomore this year on their transcripts. You really want to just keep track of what your kids are taking, especially when they get into high school and junior high. It becomes very, very important because you want to be able to show the work that they've done and and, um, that's what looks great on a college application letter, all right? You don't need to go anywhere to get your transcript, quote, certified. If you're asking about Washington State requirements, I will also link back to that in the show notes today. They're very basic requirements and you will see how many years of math, how many years of science, how many years of history. And frankly, I'm so proud of you, Amy. Your son is a junior. Please, for the love of all things, study U.S. history with your son, like the real kind of U.S. history. Study the Constitution. This is the time our kids need to know the foundation of this country, who the founders were, why it's so important that we defend the Republic, and what their rights are as a citizen of the United States. So I'll link back to all things Washington State homeschooling, but I'm going to encourage you, you guys go to Homeschool Legal Defense Association, click on your state. All those requirements will be there for you. All right, Amy, you got this. Um, If you want him to go to a trade school or a skills center, just make sure that they get that information to you and you can add that to your son's transcript. Carly from Montana wrote in and said, Hi, Heidi, I started listening to your podcast in January of this year. Three ladies from my church are going through your mom's strong study and we love it. Thank you, Carly. That's an encouragement. One of the ladies is the pastor's wife. This past Sunday during church service, our pastor quoted from your book, Becoming Mom Strong. He looked right at me and said, who here knows Heidi St. John? My ears perked right up and my hand thrust toward the ceiling. The pastor quoted out of chapter eight, where your professor asked the question, before God will use you greatly, he will wound you deeply. Are you ready to be pruned by the master? And then he went on to read a little paragraph straight from the book. You have encouraged me to stay strong in my faith family and freedom. Keep up the good work, speaking the truth. It is life. Thank you so much for that, Carly. Uh, That story, by the way, if you guys haven't read my book, Becoming Mom Strong, the reason I called it Becoming Mom Strong is because I came into motherhood very timid and very unsure. And in fact, I felt like I hadn't seen parenting done very well for me. My parents had a very unhappy marriage. My father was um, angry at my mom most of the time. My parents fought most of the time. And so, and my, and there were a lot of kids in my family. So I was the second oldest of seven children and I graduated from high school and I, and I just carried the wounds with me into college that I had gotten as a child. And 
professor, the professor that we were sitting under that day, John G. Mitchell, who was one of the founders of Multnomah School of the Bible, which is where I was going to school. That's also where I met my husband. That's a story for another time. He was teaching and this man was in his 90s. He knew something about suffering. And I've said many times here on the show, I don't think that our culture today has a theology for suffering. And I certainly didn't have a theology for suffering. And I felt that I had suffered quite a bit growing up. And when he asked this question, keep in mind, you know, he's asking, he's talking to an entire audience filled with Bible scholars. These are men and women who wanted to go into the ministry full time. Some of them wanted to be pastors and youth pastors. And these are people who wanted to serve the Lord as a vocation. And he asked this question, you know, are you ready to be pruned by the master? You know, he said, before God will use you greatly, he'll wound you deeply. And I remember just leaving that day, like, nope, not for me. I, I, I don't want to be wounded anymore. I've already, I already feel like I've been wounded. And while I had an understanding of God's love for me, I think at that point in my life, I really had no understanding of his healing. I did not understand what it meant to experience the healing that comes from God. And that's what I learned over the years. What does it look like to be pruned by the master? This was really where my book, uh, the book idea came from, Becoming Mom Strong. It really is my journey from walking out of a place of weakness to realizing that God's strength is found in weakness and it's okay to be weak. It's okay to be weak because the Bible teaches us that when we look to the Lord for our strength, the power of Christ literally rests on us. And I think that's a pretty amazing truth. And it's a wonderful thing for us to be aware of as we raise our own children, particularly now in the culture where we are really learning that it's hard to stand up for truth. And we're living in a culture that is driven by peer pressure, really largely peer pressure. And I think we've got suffering coming and the Lord is going to prune us. And to me, that's good news. And so I appreciate you, Carly, writing in. It just encourages me so much to see other people learning from that book that the Lord put on my heart so many years ago. And I hope that it continues to bless you. All right. Jeanette from Colorado said, I'm a homeschooling mama whose youngest is graduating this year. Oh, Jeanette, group hug. I am struggling something terrible. My oldest is moving to Arizona. It is all so hard on this mama's heart. I feel like I'm flapping in the wind with no direction. All I ever wanted to do was be a mama, and now my mama time is over. I'm so sad. I pray so hard for God to guide me. Any survival suggestions for getting through this season would be a true blessing. All right, Jeanette. So this is a little bit like the question that the mama asked me the other day, who's on the you know at the beginning of her homeschool journey, and she feels like she's giving up the life that she had in the professional world. And you're saying you're sad because the life that you've had pouring into your children is coming to an end. And you know what? These are, these are seasons in our lives. They're chapters, really. I've been talking a lot about this, you know, just to women that I've been meeting out on the road, because it seems like a theme that's coming up over and over again. And so here's a really good example. So I have, I have come to you mostly through just the talking to my husband and working through my own stuff as my kids are getting older, looking at my life, not even in seasons, but in chapters. And Jeanette, you're closing one chapter on your life right now, and you're entering another chapter. And God's going to write a story with this chapter of your life. And so for me, like, you know, here I am in my 50s now. I'm running for Congress. You, I never would have considered doing something like this, you know, 10 years ago when most of my kids were still at home. 
but now I'm in a different chapter of my life. The Lord's doing something different. And I think there's a reason why the Apostle Paul said, I'm forgetting what's behind and I'm pressing on toward the goal, which is heaven. So I think when we look behind and we start, you know, we get all melancholy and you know what? I get it. I get it. I do the same thing. But I want to encourage you away from that place because I think that's where Satan trips us up. So forget forgetting what is behind doesn't mean that you, you know, you literally forget it. It means that you don't fixate on it, that you don't start, you know, spiraling out of control because you you wish that those years were back or you could get that time back again. Instead, why don't you ask the Lord to use the experiences that you have and maybe you can help another mom who doesn't appreciate the season that she's in because she doesn't understand how precious it is or how quickly it's going to go. Is there a way that you can work with the homeschool community? Is there a political cause you can get involved in. Start thinking about where you can put the energy that you have still in your life to good use. And truly, Jeanette, I promise you, you have a lot more to offer than you're probably giving yourself credit for right now. So you did the thing that the Lord's asked you to do, but the Lord's not done. And so we are, we want to forget what's behind and press on toward the goal. Lord, what do you want me to do now? And he honors obedience, Jeanette. And so even though I know this is difficult, every time one of my kids graduates, it's like this mixture of a dagger to my heart and just an unmitigated joy <laughs> because I think, man, I the Lord was so faithful and he is faithful. So hang in there, Jeanette. Um, look forward and maybe start asking your husband and other women around you, you know, what skills do you think I have? What could I do in this next chapter of my life? And then get back to me because I know there's going to be some other moms who want to hear it. One more question today. This one came from an anonymous listener in Texas. Heidi, do you support the death penalty? How can Christians defend the death penalty when the left calls you hypocrite because the Bible says don't murder? We are pro-life and we fight abortion, but we support the death penalty. And I was recently called a hypocrite. And I'm wondering how to defend my stance biblically on this. All right, you guys, as Christians, this is not a contradiction. And in fact, it always makes me laugh when people say, you call yourself pro-life, but you're pro-death penalty. Oh, okay. Listen, these are you're comparing apples to oranges. Yes, both actions will end in the life of a human being, right? But the death penalty ends the life of a convicted murderer or a convicted child rapist or whatever it is, right? And the the abortion ends the life of a truly 100% innocent baby. And if we can't see the difference between these two categories of humans, we're, we're having issues. So when we say, listen, I'm opposed to abortion, what I what I really mean is, I'm opposed to the unjustified killing of another human being, an innocent human being. That's the difference. This is the difference. There's a difference between taking the life of an innocent human being, a little baby, a defenseless baby, and taking the life of a convicted killer. So if we thought that that person who was on death row was innocent, I would be opposed to taking his life as well. But uh, the Bible actually affirms the distinction between innocent humans and guilty murderers. When the Old Testament protects the life of blameless human beings, as described in the passages in Exodus 22 and Genesis chapter 14, I'm going to link back to an awesome article today that I read on coldcasechristianity.com. It also recognizes guilty murderers are an entirely different category. So innocent human beings are worthy of protection. Guilty murderers deserve execution. All right. And for you to say that you agree with the death penalty, that is not a contradiction at all. And so I'm just, I want to encourage you, you know, people conflate these two and they're going to try to pin you to the ground and tell you that you're a hypocrite and blah, blah, blah. Don't listen. 
don't listen. This is part of the hijacking of the language. And I say we stick to truth. These are apples and oranges. One ends the life of an innocent child. The other ends the life of a convicted murderer. All right. Two totally different things. All right, you guys, I am completely out of time for today. I want to say thank you for listening to the show and for supporting it financially. Your financial uh, contributions to this show really do help us and encourage us, and they're keeping us moving in a forward motion here at the show in the midst of everything else that we're doing. If you haven't had a chance to find my brand new podcast, you guys want even more Heidi St. John, you can get it at my brand new podcast, which is just picking up speed called America's Town Hall. I recently had my friend and HSLDA attorney Mike Donnelly on the show, and we're working at getting guests up there. We would love to hear from you. And if you guys want to submit questions to us, please go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday, and we will be sure to put your questions in the queue. Remember, please keep them short and sweet and to the point. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at MomStrongInternational.com.